1: Northern Michigan is known for being a vacation hotspot, especially in the warm weather months. Places like Gaylord paint a pretty picture. That is, until the city is literally ripped to shreds.
0: When you're sitting there looking at it, and it just doesn't register what that really is until you start hearing things exploding around you. I don't know if it's quite hit me yet how close it really came.
1: The deadly Gaylord twister was a generational weather event, so let's take a hike up I-75 and take a closer look. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. When you think about tornadoes, your mind usually goes south. Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, etc. And if we're talking about them in Michigan, we're still going south to the metro area. For Michigan State Police Lieutenant Derek Carroll, it was a normal day at his Gaylord post.
2: I actually was in Gaylord at the time. It was a sunny day. I went and got my car washed and I saw the storm alert. So I started heading to the west side.
1: But as he headed west towards Traverse City, a curveball was thrown the lieutenant's way, and things began to unravel rather quickly.
2: It wasn't probably 30, 40 minutes after that, my first notification was actually the media. They called me and said, hey, Lieutenant Carroll, can you confirm a tornado just touched down? We did have weather alerts going off, but I was in the wrong area at the time for the Gaylord region. Then my phone just blew up, and so I raced back toward Gaylord when i arrived it was it was just complete devastation traffic was backed up lights weren't working the sheriffs state police and locals were trying to divert traffic to places they could go because there was power lines down everywhere trees everywhere and just trying to grasp the situation and when i started getting more information from the national weather service and getting a timeline It was at 324, the National Weather Service put out the severe thunderstorm warning for Gaylord, Otsego County. And then at 338, it was upgraded to a tornado warning. And at 348, they confirmed a
1: touchdown in Otsego County. For those of you keeping score at home, that was from severe thunderstorm warning to tornado touching down in 24 minutes. The speed with which it moved wasn't even the weird thing. The actual tornado was the bizarre event. It's a very
2: rare occurrence up here. Really, any tornado is, but certainly one that hits that kind of a populated area. And it hit, obviously, in the afternoon on Fridays. So that's certainly going to be a lot of people driving around, running around, doing their thing, doing whatever they have to do for their life. So we are very lucky that we only had 44 injuries. Unfortunately, two fatalities, but I think that it could have
1: been worse. That right there, well, that's the voice of National Weather Service Gaylord senior forecaster Monique Runyon. When all was said and done, it was an EF3 tornado that smashed into Gaylord with maximum winds of 150 miles an hour. It'll go on record as the worst twister in Michigan in almost 50 years. What happens when you get caught at that speed? Well, you might end up like Frank McClellan and find yourself in a fast food bathroom.
0: I was sitting in the Taco Bell right there on 32, and the funnel cloud came right down M32, right at us. For some reason, it took a turn right in the Taco Bell parking lot and hit all the buildings behind us and leveled a bunch of them. It looks like there's a lot of damage there. Somehow it did not hit us where we were sitting. A friend of mine and I were sitting there. Watching it come down 32, we could hear the thunder and everything, and then looked up the highway. All of a sudden, we could see explosions I don't know if it's traffic lights or transformers or something, but the next thing you know, the the funnel cloud is right in the parking lot and stuff's hitting the windows outside the Taco Bell. And all the power went out. People in Taco Bell were all running for the back of the Taco Bell, and they were yelling at us to get into the restrooms. By the time we got in the restrooms, the thing had passed.
1: Gaylord is bisected into east and west by I-75 and north and south by M-132. Friday's tornado touched down right in that intersection. Then, as you heard Frank say, it turned and went right for the heart of the city. Devastating neighborhoods where you're more than likely going to find people that live there full-time, not just when on vacation.
3: I think if you're coming up to your cottage in the area, you're going to be fine. But, you know, if you live in Gaylord full-time, you maybe lost your house this weekend. A couple of people brought up to me that... You know, there's already a housing shortage issue. I mean, there's a housing shortage issue everywhere in the country right now, but there has been a housing shortage issue in northern Michigan for a long time. Um, You know, affordable housing in particular because of the sort of dichotomy between the summer up north travel residences and the fact that people who, you know, sort of serve our local tourism economy do, you know, need places to stay as well. And there's sort of been a housing issue already. So people were, you know, kind of already talking about like how, get worse now that you have however many people we don't really have a number yet, but who are gonna be looking for completely new homes.
1: That's Kayla Rubel. She's a reporter for the Detroit News. She went north on Friday as soon as she got word of the storm. Lieutenant Carroll says the first contact the tornado made could not have come in a more vulnerable spot. Unfortunately this tornado
2: hit a mobile home park. The first populated area it hit was the mobile home park and it just obliterated it. Ninety percent destruction and that's unfortunately where we had our two fatalities as well and then it just continued along the business route right on
1: m32 uh hitting businesses along the way they were just there were cars upside down the parking lot everybody wants to know what it was like in the moment that's why reporters like kayla do what they do boots on the ground she told me that as shocking as it was Gaylord just got to work here is kayla and the lieutenant as well
3: yeah. Pour through neighborhoods pretty quickly and just left a bunch of damage. I think people were, you know, mostly pretty surprised. But by Saturday morning, everyone has sort of just like rolled up their sleeves and was like in action, Um, you know, whether they were fixing up their own home or at a neighbor's home or had stopped by somewhere to just volunteer and help. And I think people were really focused on that and in some ways kind of seemed over the shock and just sort of had an attitude of like, okay, we're going to fix it. It was a pretty pragmatic approach to the situation.
2: It was amazing to see if a person had a pair of work gloves and they could walk, they were out there helping. And there was a one car I remember seeing or a van. They had painted on their window, free help, I'm here to help. So people were just driving around stopping, neighbors helping neighbors. Where do you need me? What, what can I do? Chainsaws were going, pickup trucks were being loaded with debris. And then the outpouring from the local businesses We had food trucks from all over the region that were coming there. They would set up, they'd put a sign out, free food. First responders, workers, volunteers, and most of all, the people who were affected by this and lost their homes, they were able to go there, get food. We set up an emergency shelter.
3: And in general, I think everywhere you see that in disasters where people just quickly jump into action. It's sort of, you know, a lot of people's natural response. And, and the same, right, you know, when the tornado hit, some people's response is to go check on their neighbors and see if they need help. And I also got the sense that that was, it was just what they felt like was needed.
1: As a first responder, what do you do in moments like this? MSP Lieutenant Carroll says despite the rarity, they train for moments just like this. Local law enforcement and, and troopers
2: initially did the searches. They started sweeping uh, the area, going into, there were some build, businesses that were just collapsed. And they were going trying to make access as best they could and, you know, yelling, see if there were any victims in there. Uh, task Force One was activated from downstate. There, are a search and rescue team that are trained specifically for this. So we did our initial sweep, as much as we could, and then they came up and did a sweep, and then we did another sweep to make sure. And, you know, you see it on the news, but until you see it in person where people are, you know, they're marking with spray paint on the homes, the homes that they checked that were clear,
1: and uh, what agency checked it. This isn't about money or the economy. Lives were lost. Homes were destroyed. But what does Friday's twister mean going forward? There is no good time for a tornado, but, you know, Gaylord's a really cool tourist town for the summer. I wonder how all that kind of, like, coalesces.
3: Right. Well, I think, you know, I ask people a lot about that, and I think you know, some people's response was, well, at least it happened now while the weather, you know, is decent and we can be out fixing it. Like, what if it had happened a month ago and there was snow on the ground? So I think, you know, that was one attitude. And I think people feel like, okay, there's a week. We've got a week until Memorial Day happens. We can get this back together. The western half, that was pretty decimated. And that's a big place where, you know, if you're from one of the surrounding towns, you know, you're going to come do your shopping in Gaylord. Obviously, the jobs at some of those chain restaurants, but the Walmart, the Meyer, I mean, they're both still open. Um, so I think a lot of that shopping can still happen. And then the east side of Gaylord, the small business district actually wasn't impacted at all. Restaurants were opening back up on Saturday, and I'm sure we'll be open for Memorial Day weekend. I think when I talked to people, what they said, Gaylord would still be able to function for the summer season, and they were kind of hopeful it wouldn't lose too much money from tourism this summer.
1: Frank from Taco Bell spoke to us just hours after this all happened, and I wondered how on earth was he so calm? Well, maybe that's because he wasn't living within the boundaries of reality, at least not yet.
0: When you're sitting there looking at it, and it's, just doesn't register what that really is until you start hearing things exploding around you. I don't know if it's quite hit me yet how close it really came.
1: If you want to help the people
0: of Gaylord you
1: can head to the websites of the Michigan Red Cross and the United Way of Greater Otsego County. The governor did declare a state of emergency so that will help Marshall Resources and FEMA they're expected on site Wednesday. Thank you much to Kayla Rubel and Derek Carroll for chatting with me and thanks to Frank McClellan and Monique Runyon who spoke to my WWJ colleagues. For the latest on what's happening in Gaylord, visit www.jnewsradio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.